This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. How's everybody today? Well, that was confusing, but it sounded good anyway. Yes, Merry Christmas to everyone. We, yes, we are officially in that season, aren't we? And uh, so, I want to welcome you this morning They say it's supposed to be a sunny day. Hasn't broken out yet, has it? But uh, hopefully by the time we're done, it will. So I I, want to say happy Sunday to you. And sort of in faith, happy sunny Sunday to you. And uh, my name is Ron, and it's my privilege over the next few minutes to share Bible teaching. It will be of a very practical nature. And this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about a life skill that the Bible speaks directly to, and it's going to be a life skill that every single person in the audience this morning is going to need in order to live successfully in life. We're going to talk about trust issues. And uh, everyone in this room either has trust issues or works with somebody who does or has somebody in your family that has trust issues, right? Sure enough. And so um, uh, just like last Sunday, if you were here... um, So practical stuff. So I want to welcome you along on that journey. I want to add my welcome to the ones that you've already received uh, from the people who greeted you outside. And if you were here during uh, the time when we were uh, given time to greet each other, I know you got greeted by several people. Uh, Please add my welcome to that. And especially for those of you who are our guests this morning, you haven't been here before. This is your first time. And so you're still kind of trying to figure out the lay of the land and And uh, let me say a couple of things to you. Number one, we've come here for two reasons, and I would trust that you have as well. And the first reason is that we would connect with God. And uh, so if you came to church this morning, even if someone drug you here sort of against your own will, uh, I want to challenge you to allow your heart and your soul and your spirit to actually connect with God. Because that's what church is really about. And then the second reason that we have come, and I'd like to invite you along on this journey as well, is the search for truth. One of the things that the Bible teaches us, and one of the things that is true in life, is that we don't get to choose our own truth. I know that it's real popular in this day and age to talk about what's your truth and what's my truth and so forth. But the truth about the truth is... If it's true, it's true for everybody. You're going to get to choose your own truth. No matter who you are, no matter what your station is in life, when it comes to building relationships and maintaining relationships, and more importantly this morning we're going to talk about how to rebuild relationships that are broken, there are truths that apply to everyone. And uh, I want you to turn your attention to the video screens because we're going to see how this plays out in the life of a baseball superstar. His name is Josh Hamilton, and uh, he's in mourning right now because the Giants, well, they beat him up in the World Series. He's from the Texas Rangers, but take a look at a far more important lesson that he learned in life. Katie didn't know me. Uh, as the baseball player, she knew I, I played and uh, knew I got drafted, but um, she never followed me at all as far as baseball goes. So we started dating, and we dated for about four months, and then we broke up. He had started down a path that I didn't really want to be involved in. I was young and had the money, 
you know, I went for the worldly things. I went, you know, and started hanging out at tattoo parlors. I just remember um, having my first drink, line of cocaine, and going to a strip club all in one night. You know, at first I wasn't uh, addicted to it. You know, I liked it because it was the closest thing to give me that rush to being on a field playing. During the year and a half that we were apart, um, I had heard different things about him, that he had gone to rehab, and he told me that he was doing well, he'd gotten out of rehab, and was fine. You know, he had struggled and had been struggling, but he was doing really good. We dated for about four months, and we were married. We got married in November. She got pregnant in December, January, I relapsed. Uh, so she um, was devastated, of course. When I had our daughter, Sierra, he really got it together and was at the hospital with me. He was wonderful in the hospital. But the day we brought her home, he was supposed to go to Walgreens and get some prescriptions for me and ended up at a bar. I couldn't control my use, my drug use. I loved them dearly, but I didn't care about you know how they felt. and. Uh, if they needed me, all I cared about was getting more drugs. It got to the point where it was so bad that I went to my um, nightstand and my wedding ring was not there. And of course my heart just broke in two because I just realized, okay, well if he's willing to take my wedding ring to get drugs, then obviously these drugs are really important to him. You know, this addiction is, is big, it's real, it's serious. You know, my hope had to be in Christ because it certainly, my faith certainly could not have been in my husband because he was just continuously failing. She was definitely uh, uh, the spiritual leader of the household at that time. Through all this, she's, you know, getting closer to the Lord and, and praying and really leaning on our pastor and his wife for counsel. So I called my pastor and his wife, and I told him how I was feeling. I said, you know, can I come over and talk? And they said, sure. So I came over, and I'm like, listen to what my husband's done. He's done this and this and this and this. I said, and you know, my, my heart's desire is to please the Lord, and I really want our marriage to work, but I'm mad at him. And my pastor said, well, I know what, you know, I know what we need to do. I was like, what? You know, I thought he had some great plan to, you know, bring him to justice. <laughs> he said, well, you need to forgive him. I said, Jimmy, I'm, what? No, I'm not going to forgive him. Did you hear all the things that he's done? He said, yes, I did. I heard them all. He said, and you're sitting at home and you're playing the rewind button over and over in your mind, replaying all the things that Josh has done to hurt you. He said, and your bitterness is hurting you. She called me and told me she... You know, forgave me for everything um, that I'd done. You know, it's the amazing thing, you know, about, you know, true forgiveness and, you know, that only God can give. Is she hadn't brought it up one time since uh, she told me that. And I recommitted my life to Christ. And I just said, you know, Lord, this is, you know, I can't do this on my own. I said, I need you. My way's not working. I'm tired of, you know, trying to figure it out. I said, you know, I'm giving it to you. I think the biggest thing for us getting back together was the trust issue. You know, are you really going to the grocery store? Are you really going to the gas station? You know, how do I know that you're really going to be where you say you're going to be? I'm just so thankful that God is who he says he is and that he's faithful. And, you know, he can do He can do anything he says he can do. And he can perform miracles. And the fact that I've witnessed a miracle in my husband's life and in our marriage just strengthens my faith and my belief in him that much more. There's an awful lot of food for thought in that, isn't there? Those of you who were here last week, you saw right away the difference between personal forgiveness and relational forgiveness. 
and learning how to give that personal forgiveness, but also learning how to, to set healthy boundaries. And yet, what did she say? There were real trust issues there. How did I know when he said he was going to go to the drugstore that he was actually going to go to the drugstore and so forth? And uh, we all, I know, have people in our lives. So this morning we're going to talk about we're going to talk about how to take a relationship that's broken, particularly one that I have broken. And here's a person I've hurt, I love them, I've deeply disappointed them. How do I rebuild that? How do I build trust back into that? Because if we don't understand how to do that, then eventually a number of things will happen. First of all, we're all human, correct? Shake your head like this. Yeah, we're all human. And you know what that means? It means we all hurt each other, correct? Shake your head like this. And sometimes we actually hurt the people we really love. So if we don't learn how to rebuild that relationship in a healthy way, then in the end we will leave behind us a trail of hurt people, damaged relationships that we just cut the strings and move on, cut the strings and move on. And in the end, we will live a lonely life, a frustrated life. We'll be frustrated with other people and maybe frustrated with ourselves. And this morning, we're going to take a look at how to break that cycle and how to build, how to maintain, and then how to rebuild relationships that we've hurt and damaged. So in order to get us started on that, let's take, uh, take our programs, and, and I'm sorry, I meant to bring one up here, but take our programs, and out of the inside, let's pull the uh, teaching notes so you can fill in the blanks as we go along. And um, the first thing we're going to take a look at is some key understandings, and there are four of them that we have to know, and they sort of give us the lay of the land. So key understanding number one is this, when trust is broken... It, until it is properly rebuilt. And I want you to circle the word properly, okay? Until it is properly rebuilt, the relationship can really never be more than anything more than superficial. Now, there's a reason for that, and that is the foundation upon which every relationship in the world rests is the foundation of trust. And when you break the foundation, what happens to the house? Bad things, correct? Correct. And any attempt to repair the house without repairing the foundation is not going to work, correct? You have to repair the foundation first. And so any relationship that is damaged, when trust is broken in that relationship until it's properly rebuilt, what happens is you just have to move that relationship to a point of no risk. And you know what the point of no risk is. Hi, how are you doing? You like the weather today? Yeah, how about them giants? Because you're not going to get on anything that involves any level of trust or transparency or, or anything that involves any risk. So the first thing we have to know is it's important for us to rebuild the trust. By the way, do you get an exempt card from that if you're married to that person? All the married people said, no. <laughs> yeah, you know. It, it, the truth applies to everybody, okay? Key understanding number two. When trust is broken, it cannot be demanded or commanded. It has to be what? Earned. Have you ever found yourself saying this? They said they forgave me. Why don't they trust me? By the way, 
Every teenager in the world has said that about their parents. Okay? So for all of you teenagers, listen up. Okay? I was a teenager once. I know it was a long time ago. But I was a teenager once, and I remember thinking of my parents. I know I did what was wrong. I went to them, and I apologized. Now let it go, and let me do what I want to do. Trust me. (laughs) All right. The truth is, when trust is broken, it cannot be demanded. It cannot be commanded. It has to be earned. Now, do we earn it with an apology? That's the big question. Shake your head like this. No. But let's talk about apologies for a minute because they're very important. Key understanding number three is this. Apologies don't rebuild trust. They merely give us the opportunity to begin rebuilding trust. If you don't apologize, well, you can forget being trusted, correct? Yeah. But once you apologize, you've only taken step one on that journey. Now you get the wonderful job of rebuilding trust. And by the way, the deeper that you have broken that trust, the longer it takes to rebuild it. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But that's key understanding number three. Apologies don't rebuild trust. They just get us started on that journey. Key understanding number four, and this is a really, really, really important one. Here it is. When trust is broken, there is a possibility it may never, ever be rebuilt again. Not because you're not doing the right things to rebuild it, but the truth is it takes two to trust, doesn't it? Okay? And if I break trust with a person, I can turn around and do all the things that I can do, but if they look at me and choose to never rebuild that relationship with me, all I can do is my part. Now, you know when it's important to think about that? Before we break a trust. Okay? Before we break a trust. So, how do we do that? Well, the Bible has a formula, and so let's go straight to the Bible for the Bible teaching. In the Bible, the best verse in the entirety of Scripture that I know of that deals with the concept of rebuilding trust in a broken relationship is here in Proverbs chapter 6. 16, verse number 6. I want you to read it out loud with me. One of, the, one of the next steps at the end is going to be to memorize this if you choose to do it. It's real short, but I, I want it to ring in your head all week. Let's read it together. Ready? Through love and faithfulness, a sin is atoned for. What are the two things it takes? What's the first one? Love. What's the second one? Faithfulness. What do those look like? Well, I'll give you just a working person's definition of love. Love simply means that I become more concerned for the person I've hurt than I am about myself. See, when I say, they said they forgive me, why won't they trust me? Who am I really concerned about? Ah, yeah, myself. I have to become more concerned for them and the damage I've done to them, and the hurt that I've caused them, and the heartache that I've brought in their life, and the position that I've put them in that's probably awkward and may be embarrassing, and it probably has pain associated with it. I'm more concerned for what I've done in their lives than any limitation that's come to my life because of my behavior. And what is faithfulness? Well, faithfulness means just doing that consistently 
over time. If I say to you, you can't microwave faithfulness, you know what I mean? If I said to you, I know faithfulness is important. I've been faithful for five minutes. (laughs) Trust me. We got a problem with that, right? Well, I've been faithful for five days. You know, I've never tried that with Monica, but I don't think that would work very well. Because the one thing about faithfulness is you can't do it in a hurry. You can't do it in a hurry. Okay? Now, we're going we're gonna to talk about the four building blocks of trust. And these are what love and faithfulness look like in life in very practical terms when we break them out. And I don't want you to forget them. So we have a little platform here. And if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go get the first building block of trust. And there it is. The first building block of trust is what? It's time. Yes. Now, what I mean by that? Well, when you've broken something, what we oftentimes don't realize is that the time to heal is far greater than the time to break. When you break a bone, how long does it usually take to break that bone? Normally a fraction of a second, correct? In the NFL, running backs uh, sometimes break a bone in their leg. And usually it takes about a second for that to happen, maybe even less time than that, to put stress on it and have it break. How long does it take to heal? (laughs) A lot longer than a second, actually. Did you know that um, usually it takes four to five weeks of being in a cast before you can even take the cast off? and begin to walk on that leg. Now, you can't really run on it and do all the things you used to, but just to get to the first stage of healing, it takes about four or five weeks. I plug that into a calculator, and here's the factor, okay? One second compared to five weeks is 40,000 to one. And an NFL running back will tell you that oftentimes it's a full year before they can return 100% to form. And that's a factor of 31 million to one. It never takes as long to break something as it does to rebuild it. That's why the Bible says over and over again, choose your words carefully. Because a word spoken in haste can take months and sometimes years to undo the damage and rebuild what has been torn down. And what you have to understand is it's going to take time. And any attempt to hurry that up or any attempt to command it or demand it from someone is merely going to get in the way. A few years ago, I broke my neck. And uh, so I had this big, ugly-looking space thing that I wore. And the last thing the doctor said to me as I left is, Don't you dare take that off. He said, if you do, it will never heal right. And and you'll have all sorts of complications. And I know you're going to get into this. By the way, I was thinking four or five weeks, right? 
Yeah. He said, no, neck bones don't get much blood. It's about five months. And he said, you're going to get into that a few weeks, three or four weeks, five weeks. And you know that pounding headache that you have now that you've never had before? I said, yeah. He said, it's going to take 30 days for that to even begin to diminish. But at the end of a couple of months, your headache is going to leave and you're going to be tempted to take that off. He said, I, I don't even know how to tell you how important it is not to. You know what he was telling me? It takes time to heal what I broke in a second. A lot of time. Here's how the Bible says it. Take a look. The trustworthy person. Okay. Notice how this proverb contrasts a trustworthy person with the person who wants to get everything quickly. The trustworthy person will get a rich reward. Notice it does not say immediately or quickly. You have to be trustworthy over time. But a person who wants quick riches, they want it now. They want the relationship repaired now. I know I broke your trust yesterday, but today I want you to trust me. That person will get into trouble because we won't have the expectations set properly. So that's building block number one. It's time. Let me go get building block number two. Building block number two is transparency. What do I mean by that? Well, here it is in its longer form. Trustworthiness can only be earned in the culture of full disclosure. Openness and complete honesty. Now, I want you to also understand this. The amount of disclosure required is always determined... By which person? The person who has been hurt. I can't tell you how many people come to my office and they've broken a trust. And then right away they they say, I apologized and I've come clean. Now I want them to trust me. Well, what was it that Josh's wife said, Josh Hamilton's wife said? How do I know when he goes to the drugstore that he's actually going to go to the drugstore. Well, you know something? They're going to have to build something in their relationship that gives her the right at any time to call him and find out where he is. Because the most important thing is not that Josh trusts trusts himself. The most important thing is what? That she can trust him. Tell you a true story. I got a phone call from a couple few weeks back. They don't live around here, so you don't have to look around the audience to try to figure out who this is. But I got, a, I got a phone call from a couple, and they were having some very serious marital problems. And actually, their marital problems started between two and three years ago when the husband had an affair. Devastated the wife. It was ugly. She wouldn't look at him, wouldn't look him in the face for like six months, kicked him out of the house which he deserved. And uh, so they lived separated for I don't know how many months. And he worked very, very, very hard to rebuild the trust 
that his wife would have in him. And eventually, he was able to do that, and she invited him. He didn't ask to come back. She invited him to come back into the house. And they were able to put their family together, and they lived happily ever after. Yeah, right. I wish I could tell you that. They've done well for over two years. But the phone call I got was actually from the wife. And she said, I discovered that my husband has a workout partner at the local gym. And the workout partner is a lady and a very attractive lady. Now listen to what she said. She said, I'm 100% confident that there's no hanky-panky but you know what I struggle with? He hid it from me. Hmm. Why don't you think about that for a minute? Trustworthiness can only be earned in the culture of what? Full disclosure. Now, full disclosure. And the amount of disclosure required is always set. And by the way, when the husband called me, he said, I think my wife is setting cruel and unusual boundaries on me. She doesn't trust me. I've been faithful to her for two years now. Oh, wake up, buddy. Smell the coffee. That's just not going to work. Full disclosure. And when full disclosure is made, no one is threatened. Okay? By the way, if I'm more concerned about the limitations in my life than I am the damage I did to someone, then I'm not loving them, I'm loving me, correct? And when I'm more concerned about the damage I've done in this person, then I go way above and beyond the call of duty to make sure that where they are is always safe and that they always feel secure in my faithfulness to them. That's what it takes to rebuild trust after it's been broken. So, Point number two is this transparency. You know what the Bible says? Here it is. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are, what? Honest, clear, through. Yeah. Very, very powerful. Let's go to building block number three. Building block number three is responsibility. Every parent and teenager's favorite word, correct? Responsibility. Now here's the longer form of it. Trustworthiness is the byproduct of being responsible. In other words, you have to be responsible first before you can be considered trustworthy. Now I want you to see the second part of this. Excuses and missed deadlines carry, what are the next two words? Heavier consequences during the rebuilding process. You have to understand that. Once you have broken a trust, any excuse or an alibi or a missed deadline or a failed responsibility has a tendency to throw that person back into a state of panic and distrust. So the consequences are always heavier during this period of rebuilding the trust. We've all heard this 
this phrase. Sometimes it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to obtain permission. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. I want you to understand what's wrong with that line of reasoning. When you, when you know that the person that you really need to get permission from probably isn't going to give you permission to do it, but you want to do it anyway, and you think, oh, well, she's my wife. She has to forgive me. Right? We live together. So you go out and you do whatever it is that you're going to do, and then you come back in and you confess it and you ask for forgiveness. Okay, so it's your wife, so that she's eventually going to forgive you. But what you have to understand when you do that is that you chip away at trust. Okay? And when you chip away at trust enough times, it breaks. And it's really hard to rebuild. On the other hand, when you ask permission, you're actually building trust. Do you understand that? That's the biggest difference between those two lines of reasoning. When you ask permission first, you are building trust and making that relationship stronger and stronger and stronger. But when you go out and you just do it and you come back and ask for forgiveness, you've actually broken that trust and chipped away at it. That's why it's important that you be responsible, that I be responsible, because that's what it takes. Now, here's a simple truth in life. If something is not reliable, we simply don't trust it. I don't care what it is. If it's not reliable, we don't trust it. You have brakes in your car, right? And if your car develops a problem that every once in a while when you step on the brake pedal, nothing happens, it doesn't take you long to decide to either fix that car or park it, correct? Because that's a very painful experience. We drive down the road and you hit the brakes and the pedal goes to the floor and the car keeps going. Yeah, if it's not reliable, you don't trust it. If you have a chair at your house and that chair has a rung that's come unglued, right, and you're not sure that it's reliable and you have guests in your home, the very first thing you do is you put that chair where you're going to sit, correct? And when you sit, you sit carefully. Because if it's not reliable, you don't what? You don't trust it. Well, guess what? The rules don't change when we talk about people. If we are not reliable, and that means our yes means yes, not if it's convenient. And our no means no. It doesn't mean maybe not. It means no. And if we say to our wife or we say to our parents or we say to our husband, I will be back at 10 o'clock. What time should we be back? 10 o'clock. And if we're not going to be able to be back at 10 o'clock, how do we handle that? We all have cell phones, correct? That's why you have those. And you pick it, up, pick it up and you call and you ask for permission. You touch bases. Because the truth is, excuses, missed deadlines, alibis, oh, they carry heavy consequences. They actually work against what we're trying to do. Are you ready for building? Oh, let's read the scripture. Here it is. Putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a what? You ever had one of those? That'll light up your life, won't it? Yeah. 
or walking on an injured or lame foot. Yeah, that'll get your attention too. Those are both painful experiences. Let's get building block number four. Building block number four is consistency. Here's the longer form of it. Trustworthiness is earned only through real and lasting, what's the next word? Change. Real change cannot be faked over the long haul. Time will eventually reveal what we try to hide, and it will also reveal what is our actual or true level of responsibility. Consistency is basically all of these put together, having doing it over time. Let me tell you a story. Recently, I received a phone call from another family who doesn't live in this area. We don't know what to do. We need your help. We need your advice. And they proceeded to tell me the story of their daughter, whom they love very much. And several years ago, she really, really struggled, and she was in a bad place morally, and she was, she was just in a bad place in life. And she came to her parents and said, I'm tired of living like this. And um, she went with them to church. She rededicated her life to Christ. She turned over a new leaf. She went out and found a job in a town that was a couple of hours away from where her parents lived. She reunited with her parents. She got this job working in a daycare center. She was her boss's favorite worker. And because of that, sometimes at family outings, she would have to leave and go work because she was the one that was really dependable in the office. She got an apartment with a roommate and And uh, she told her parents all about her roommate, and her roommate worked long and weird hours. And and, uh, so on holidays, she wasn't able to come with her when her parents invited her roommate to come, like for Thanksgiving or any of those things. She even found a friend, not a boyfriend, mind you, just just a a good-hearted guy who was more like a brother to her than anything romantic and... um, and her parents were so grateful that she had found a friend who would uh, actually look out after her and, and take care of her. And uh, so the girl would come home on the weekend. She would go to church with her parents. She got involved in ministry in the church. She got enrolled in a sort of intensive discipleship ministry in the church. And uh, her parents were delighted for three years. Clean, sober, moral. Life was good. But it all fell apart on Thanksgiving Day. Because what the parents didn't know was that actually she never did have a job. There was no daycare. She didn't really have a boss. Oh, by the way, it was an expensive place, so her parents were helping pay her rent while she got on her feet. She didn't have a roommate, actually. That girl didn't exist. And the guy that she had introduced her parents to was actually the one she was living with. But while she was living with that guy, she actually was having an affair with another guy. And they both showed up at Thanksgiving at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. Turkey didn't taste so good that day. You know, three years is a long time to carry that out, don't you think? Completely fit. But, you know, here's the truth. Trustworthiness is earned only through real and lasting what? Change. Friends, trustworthiness doesn't come from changing your reputation. It comes from changing who you are. So here's what the Bible says. They prove that they have changed by the good things that they do. It has to have real substance. Now, when you put all these things together, I'll see if I can... That's what they built. They build trust. But I want to give you one other lesson, and that is, if you leave one of them out, what do you got? You got it? That's not the goal, is it? Right? It takes all of them to rebuild trust. So I want you to take your, your cards this morning, those Connect cards that Kevin talked to you about. Let's talk about some next steps as we wrap it up. Okay? Next step number one is I will change my perspective from expecting trust to earning it. Friends, that's a perspective only you can choose. And it's, it's important that you understand that even in healthy relationships, even ones that you haven't broken trust, in order to keep receiving trust, that's not something that you get because you have a wedding ring on. You can't command it or demand it. How do you do it? You earn it every day. Okay? Next step, number two. And I'm going to give you a little time and space to work on um, actually putting this together and praying through and having some time to reflect and check the appropriate boxes. Number two, I will begin using the four building blocks of trust this week with someone I have hurt. Had so many people call me and talk to me this last week about taking the first steps of rebuilding a broken relationship in their lives and learning how to extend that personal forgiveness without extending relational forgiveness until it's earned through repentance and so forth. And it was just fun to just know that God's working in so many, many, many of your lives, in my life too. So here's the next step. If you have a relationship in your life and you don't know how to rebuild it or you've taken the first step and there's been basic forgiveness, but how do we move forward Here's how you move forward. I will begin using these four building blocks of trust to rebuild my relationship with someone. Number three, I will set healthy relational boundaries in my life this week based on these four building blocks of trust. Because the people in our world, some of them are going to try to demand or command respect from us. And it's important that we understand that before I really trust them, I need to make sure they're walking in these four things. That, they, that, they've, that there's been proper time go by and that there's been transparency and the person has demonstrated responsibility and they're doing it consistently and then I can begin to let out more and more trust to them. So setting healthy boundaries. And last of all, I will memorize Proverbs 16, 6. What does it say? It's at the top of your notes. Let's read it together. It is through love and faithfulness 
A sin is atoned for. Now, let me pray. Father, right now, in this moment, you know the four options that are out there. Would you guide each one of us individually to the options that you know you have scheduled for us that would be good for us and that would move us ahead in our journey to connect with you and in our search for truth. We trust you, Father. We bless you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.